God, that we can come into this house and praise you. So Holy Spirit, we just welcome you in this place. And Holy Spirit, right at the start of this gathering this morning, we just ask that you would have your way. We surrender ourselves and we ask you to have your way, to, to meet with us, 
Lord, we just thank you that you're an incredible God, that you love us, that you created us, and that you intimately want to have relationship with us. And so, Lord, right now we ask that you would speak to every single life in this place. Lord, from wherever we come from this morning, whether we've been Christian for years and years and years, whether we're, we're not a Christian at this stage and we're going on a journey of, of finding out about you, Lord, I just pray that you'd meet with every single one of us where we individually are this morning. And so, God, we glorify you. We, we humble ourselves and we worship you. We choose to glorify your name. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Awesome. Hey, it's welcome. It's, it's wonderful to have you guys here at Activate today. Welcome to church. Who's excited to be in the house of God this morning? Who's excited to be in the house of God this morning? That's a little bit better. I know some of us might be a little bit tired. We might have stayed up a little bit late last night, or we might have got up an hour earlier this morning. But we should be excited to be in the house of God because He's excited that we're here. He's excited that we've chosen to worship Him this morning, that we've chosen to put Him first and glorify Him. And so it's going to be an awesome morning, so I just want to welcome you here. Um, and if you are new to Activate, I want to express a warm welcome to you. Uh, we do have a table at the back. In fact, you can see Owen in the green T-shirt. He's holding something up. If you're new to Activate, um, head up to Owen at the end of the gathering, and we would love to connect with you, find out a little bit more about you, and give you a free coffee card as well, which is very cool. We're going to celebrate birthdays and anniversaries while you're still standing. Um, so if you've had a birthday or wedding wedding anniversary in the last week, would you like to come forward and uh, come to the center here? And we're just going to celebrate uh, your birthday so or wedding anniversary. So anyone here? We've got a couple of hands up the back. Come on forward. Come on up. Don't be shy. Come, come, come. So we've got some birthdays here. Birthdays. Excellent. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Come and grab a chocolate. Have we got any wedding anniversaries this time of the year? No wedding anniversaries this one? Yeah, grab a chocolate. Excellent. Church, let's put out our hands to these guys here at the front and let's declare a blessing over them. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favor, prosperity, purpose, and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one in Jesus' name, amen. Happy birthday. Excellent. You can take a seat. Thank you very much. Great. So just a couple of highlights to bring to your attention. So Pastor Sheridan and Jan are busy this weekend moving house. Uh, so I'm sure they've been very, very busy and they're probably uh, sleeping a little bit and then unpacking some boxes all day. Um, so, yeah, we wish them all the best with their move. Pastor Ray is at Activate Church Raglan ministering this morning. And so we pray God's blessing upon him and what he has to share with the church over there. Coming up on the 29th to 1st of October, we have a youth camp. And what's it called, Ashley Muller? We are weekend. 
So if you are in high school or intermediate, this camp is for you. Um, so if you haven't already registered, make sure you see Ashley, um, Muller or um, Nicole, and you can s sign up in the hub as well after the foyer. But it's going to be an awesome weekend. Um, I used to go along to those camps and they are outstanding, so you don't want to miss it. So make sure that you do go along. Uh, next Sunday, the 1st of October, we've got DNA lunch. So this is a lunch specifically designed for those people who are new to Activate. Um, so if you want to find out a little bit more about our church, our DNA, our mission, vision and values, meet some key people in the life of the church and just get to feel um, yeah, more connected with us, then please make sure you see Nairi after the um, gathering. She'll be at the table at the back of the auditorium and she will book you um, for that because it's a catered lunch. So there's free food. Anyone hear that? Free food. So come along to the DNA lunch next Sunday. All right, coming up very soon is Activate Conference Double Portion. So I think that might come up behind me here. We've got pastors Wayne and Ruth Swift from Melbourne, Australia. Uh, so they are our guest ministers for the uh, conference. There will be two sessions. So there's a 9 o'clock to 12 p.m. session as well as um, the evening 6 p.m. So book that out, double portion. Um, the, Wayne and Ruth uh, move prophetically. Um, so um, it's going to be an incredible, incredible conference. So make sure you're there. And we do have a kids program operating as well. All right. Who was involved in CIA last year? Who can tell me what CIA stands for? I couldn't hear that at all. Church in action. Yes. So in the month of October, we specifically focus on getting out in the community and making a difference um, in Hamilton. And so we do all sorts of awesome initiatives. We serve at schools and paint fences and all sorts of stuff to really uh, pour out the love of God on this city. So I want to encourage you to be a part of that. That is Sunday, the 15th of October. Um, and so there's no 9 or 10.30. It's 10 o'clock. We will come together and we, church is not going to be in the building here. We're going to have church out of these four walls, out in the community. So encourage you to come along. It is an awesome, awesome Sunday to be a part of. Um, fantastic. And yes, light party is coming up also the 31st of October, so the end of the month. Kids excited about light party? Yes. Very, very cool. Well, kids, it's that time of the, the gathering where you guys will go out to your kids' program. So we've got over five this way, under five this way. So church, let's give um, our kids and their leaders a, a, a thanks. And we pray you guys would have a wonderful morning. Excellent. And all the best, Muller, with your crutches. We pray healing on you. Fantastic. I've just been told by Graham Mills there's a movie night tonight. Um, and so that would be on the slides. There we are here. Noble. Um, and so that's free entry tonight. Um, yeah, so come along 6 p.m. And that's going to be very, very good. Great. So we're going to have a couple of testimonies now about CIA and Community Link. So I just want to invite um, Gail and Owen. So whereabouts is Gail? And, oh, there we are. Owen at the back there. And welcome back, Maraides. They've been in Rarotonga. Um, for a little bit, so Owen's going to look nice and relaxed and maybe a bit tanned as he walks up on the stage here. Not too relaxed, you need to come quickly. 
Awesome, very cool. Let's give it up for Owen. Everyone say, Kia ora na. Kia ora na. It's good to be back, but not really, because it was really warm over there. We got there the first day and it was 28 degrees. It was amazing. And um, now it's really cool to be home, actually. It feels really nice to be back. And um, we've just been invited to get up and, and speak uh, this morning and share a bit of a testimony about my involvement with uh, Community Link. Um, so Community Link Trust, um, to me, is the local missions team of the church. So we're a, we're a group of people that, that, uh, that reach out locally alongside, uh, put your hand up if you've ever heard of uh, Train Me or Vision College. Awesome. They're part of our family as well. So we're one big network. So together we reach the community. It's really good. Uh, my involvement with, with Teen Link has uh, used to be to, to lead the team there. Um, but now I'm under the great leadership of uh, Aaron Hardy and I work alongside Tequila Warahi. Um, so my focus within Teen Link is predominantly with alternative education youth. Um, and we see lots of different stuff there. Uh, what we do is we work with the youth, we partner with them and their families, and we, we set realistic goals. And one, one youth in particular, I won't mention any names, but I've had one guy that I've been working with this year uh, who's had real troubles um, or challenges uh, controlling his anger and expressing himself um, and how he feels. Um, so I was able to partner with this youth. We've set some, some goals around communication, actually. Um, and months down the track, we see this, this same youth now um, less of the arguing, um, less of the fighting, more of the communication, and he's communicating with his tutor. Um, when, when he feels that the kettle's boiling, um, he's got a system in place with the tutor where they'll let him out for five minutes and he'll chill out. Um, so we're seeing real progress there. Um, a big part of my role is food. How many people like food? How many people like food? Yeah. Like pizza. How many people like pizza? Come on. These youth, they love food. I love food you couldn't tell um, and so we go and we feed them and, and, and really partner with them sit down and chat with everyone um, and I've heard some really amazing stories and it's really opened my eyes in terms of um, when I connect with these youth if, if I see new youth that come in and they're, they're maybe look like troublemakers and stuff like that everyone's got a story and um, I've had in particular I've had a, a couple of the young girls come up to me and and in connecting with them they've They've told me that uh, a bit of their story and, and how life changed for them. And in particular, one girl uh, told me how her dad passed away about a year or two ago. And she really loved her dad, and her, her and her dad were tight. And um, with her dad passing, she told me, you know, that's when I started being bad and um, got kicked out of school and stuff like that. And it sort of really just opened my eyes. And I want to encourage us here this morning. If you, we all know rat bags. I was a rat bag when I was young. But if you see any youth out there, you know, there's, there's stories behind, um, you know, what may appear to be just bad behavior. There's, there's always stories behind it. And I really broke my heart, actually, to, to hear this girl say that she lost her dad and um, that really affected her um, hugely. Um, but yeah, I, I want to thank you so much for, for the chance to, to do what I do. As I said at the beginning, um, we're all together on this. Um, CIA, Church in Action. I love this because that... Um, gives us an excuse to, to get out, get out of the church and, and get our hands dirty. I know from previous years that we all have so much fun doing this stuff. And um, I just want to encourage you, whenever, wherever, be like Jesus, you know, take what we learn here and, and the love and compassion that God puts in here uh, out to your workplace, to your schools, uh, to your families. And um, let's just love, love on people, 
share the love of God with those around us, especially the youth. I love the youth. Keep us in your prayers, Community Link. Um, we really appreciate your support. Thank you. Gail, I'm team leader for Budget Link. Uh, used to be called budgeters. We're now called financial capability advisors, which is, I think, a bit of a mouthful, but it's it's far more fitting because it's uh, helping people with their finances is just far far more than just uh, putting figures down on a bit of paper. It's listening to them. It's hearing what's actually going on in their lives. It's seeing past what they say to what they don't say. Um, we give them a plan. In fact, we don't just give them a plan A, we give them plan B. Sometimes a C, D and E are needed too if all of those fall through. But um, at the end of the day, what we really give them is hope because the, most people that come to us are in a fairly black place. It feels, someone said to me, it feels as if they're, they're under a rock. A great weight, a black weight is, is bearing down on them and they don't know what to do. They can't see the light. And what we do is we show them that there is light. Things won't get fixed in a hurry often. It could take time, but there's hope. So that's what we do, is we give people hope. Um, that they will come through. I'm absolutely blessed to have the work, to be in the work that I do because I see changes to people's lives. I'm blessed in the way that they, um, I ask if they need to be prayed for. Would they like prayer? Most people say yes, and the change in their lives is just incredible. We had a lady, well, I had a lady come to me not so long ago, um, very staunch, lovely, lovely lady, but you could see she had a mask up, she had the warm up. Um, I asked if I could pray for her, she said yes, which was fantastic. She went, a few, few days later I got a call from her, she wanted to know about baptism. Well, from there it went um, a few weeks down the track, she actually got baptised, she now comes along, her whole life has changed and I really praise God for that. She's now in a place of her own, um, yeah, things are being mended. So I've, we work in really closely with Food Link, Team Link. So um, yeah, we're one of the links. <laughs> um, what more can I say? Thank you. Thank you so much for your prayer and support. And if any of you want to be budgeters, I'd love to see you. <laughs> we need all the hands we can get. <laughs> Thank you, Gail and Owen. Yeah, that's excellent. And I just want to encourage us, um, I said this in the earlier gathering as well, that Community Link and ATC is part of Activate. That um, I think sometimes us in Activate, we can, we can think, Activate Church, that the organisations out here and they're connected somehow, but they are ministries of Activate Church. And so they are deeply and ingrained in who we are as a church. So, yeah, thank you, Owen. Gail for sharing about that and I look forward to that CIA muck and day. So I just want to take a, a quick opportunity to pray for New Zealand. We obviously had um, our elections last night so if you could be upstanding and um, I want to ask you to engage in this as well. Stretch out your hands and really think about um, your part of the city, your electorate that you, you're from and let's just declare a blessing, a 
upon New Zealand um, as we move forward. So God, we just thank you for this beautiful country that we're in, the country of New Zealand. And Lord, we thank you for the election that took place last night. And Lord, we just pray your blessing and your favour upon every MP that's been elected and right throughout this country, from Northland right down to, to Gore, Lord, that there would be just a hand of your favour upon this country, that, Lord, you would help us to help this country to, to go further and further than it's ever gone before. And, Lord, we, just, we, we know that... Um, Lord, the election, we, we don't exactly know what the government's going to look like yet, but we know that you have ordained this government, you have created this government, and you are bringing and knitting it together. And so, God, we just pray your hand of blessing, your hand to be upon that whole process. And so, Lord, we, we lift up David Bennett and Tim McIndoe, the two uh, re-elected um, MPs for Hamilton. Lord, as they specifically focus on the needs of Hamilton and, and get connected in with the people of this city, Lord, would they re represent the city well? And Lord, above all else, God, we ask that New Zealand would be a country that is known by your values that are poured out through our legal and, and, and governance system. So God, we just pray that New Zealand would stand up and be a strong country for the kingdom of God. We thank you for our national anthem. And that, Lord, it's not by mistake that our national anthem has so much God weaved all the way through. God defends New Zealand. So we declare that upon our country today. And we all, and we, and we, and we just love you, Lord. We love, love your hand over this country. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Excellent. Thank you guys so much. So just stay standing. We're going to enter back into a time of worship. So thank you, team, as you lead us this morning. about to sing oh come to the altar and I just I want to share something with you guys um, when we come into a place of worship it's not just songs or words um, the declarations of God's goodness and God's power in our life and um, this Thursday when we were rehearsing for this morning um, like I'm human, I go through things, and like the last month has been really hard for me, um, but when we started singing this song um, I realized instead of um, trying to run to find the answer, all I needed to do was run to the altar and come to God. And um, I just wanted to encourage you guys, like we're all human, whether we're up here singing or we're in some type of team within the church or we're not, um, we're human and we go through things. And when we are going through things, our first place should be to come to the altar um, and and knowing that, just knowing that I can come to the altar exactly how I am. I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be fixed or anything. I can come as I am. And whether that's whole or broken, the Lord takes me just as I am. And um, I really want to encourage you guys this morning as we're in worship. Um, doesn't matter if you don't know the song or anything, but to find rest in Him, to find rest, um, to find peace. 
Um, and if you need to lay anything at his feet, do it, because this is the place to do it. Sometimes our week can be crazy, and this is the only time that we get to talk to God. So use this time to really connect with him, come to the altar, find rest in him. But Lord, I just thank you so much that you are here this morning, that you're always with us, Father. And I thank you we can come to the altar just as we are. Father, I pray that you would lead us, that you would take us this morning. Um, I pray that we'd be able to um, surrender our um, what, what we are expecting and um, we come to you um, with a high expectation that you're going to meet us. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that your grace will never fail us. Thank you, Lord, for your presence that is tangibly here, your presence that never leaves us nor forsakes us. Lord, that we are children of the Most High, that we can boldly enter into your presence. We can boldly enter into your throne room, that we can boldly enter into the lounge room of God, that you are there, Father, and you welcome us as your children. You welcome us to sit on your lap. You embrace us. We thank you that your grace will never fail us, that Jesus, you paid the ultimate price. You sacrificed your life. You were born a a man on this earth. You put yourself into the hands of your creation to control you or to try and, and control you, but you were victorious. You rose again and you were victorious. Your grace has never failed us. Your grace will never fail us. We are saved. We have relationship with the Father. We are redeemed. And so, Lord, we thank you for your presence that is speaking to us, your Holy Spirit that is in this place speaking to us, that you desire to meet with us individually, that you are a massive God who created this universe, yet you are intimate and can connect individually with each of us. We thank you that you're here. And Lord, we thank you that you're going to continue to speak to us through the message and through the rest of our day and days ahead that you never leave us. You always speak. So Lord, tune our ears to you. Tune our hearts to your voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Excellent. Well, it's wonderful to invite, just while you're still standing, I want to invite um, Alan Perry, who is the National Principal of Vision College, and he's a uh, National Manager of Train Me as well, at ATC New Zealand, just around the corner. So I want to welcome him to the stage to share a wonderful message with us. Let's give him a warm welcome. Thanks. Morning, everybody. You don't mind if I'm down here, right? Up there, I don't. It's just makes me feel like you're looking up to me all the time. I should be, but that's all right. One of the, one of the good things about um, speaking two times in a row is I can get to tell all my dad jokes again. And only some people know them. Well, you know, unfortunately, says Lance. Yeah. It's, it's good to be here. It's really, really good. I brought my, um, I brought this, um, my Bible. I, I haven't actually read this in quite a long time. Yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? I've been using the digital version. This is, this is the analog version, and it's, um, it's actually really good. It, it helps me a lot, actually, to pull things together. Oh. Well, good morning, everyone. Just, uh, just a quick intro. Um, uh, yep, I'm the national manager at, at Vision and Train Me. ATC um, uh, is a part of the church, as, as we've we've heard this morning. We're just sort of reiterating that again. Um, good time of the year to, if you're thinking of what to do next year, come and talk to us, and we'll help you, support you. Um, just come and ask. Come and talk to us. We don't. 
you know, we've, we've got lots of different things we can do with you, but we've also got a lot of advice that we could probably give as well. And so if we can't support you, I'm sure that we can find uh, or suggest some other areas that you can um, travel down. So touch base with us is really what we, um, what we want to say. Um, anyone, just, just as a, an aside, anyone know the result from the Joseph Parker fight? Anyone know? No, interesting. I thought somebody would. Because, you know, I was hoping that I'd be, um, I, you know, I'm really hoping he's won. Because I felt really stink after the result last night. You know, the McGillicuddy Serious Party is now going to wait for another three years before they get a chance to get back in or get into Parliament. And some of the, you know, I, seriously, they've got some really good policies. And they've just been rubbished. They're going to get rid of money and replace them with chocolate fish. Now, I think that's a really good idea. I'm a little bit dubious about one of the policies. They're going to bulldoze the, the Southern Alps into the Cook Strait so we can drive across. Maybe a little bit too easy for the Southerners to get north, but never mind. It may feel the other way going. They may think the other way if it happens going south, but they're going to abandon male suffrage. There you go. And they've also got a, through the farmers amongst us, they've got a, a solution to the rabbit problem. Because apparently rabbits don't like gorse, so they're going to give out gorse seeds across the whole of the country. So pretty good. So enough political jokes. Some of them have been elected. Come on, these are dad jokes. Anyway, let's turn this on. Should we do something serious? Okay, so I want to really um, piggyback on where Simon left off last week or where some of the things he talked about last week. Um, as, a, as a church, for the whole, the whole of this year, we've been looking at living a purposed life. And as you can see from the banners on either side, and I really just want to just sort of um, travel down that line a little bit more. So how's that going with you? How, how is the purposed life going for you at the moment? Are you, are you living it? What does it look like? You see, one of the challenges that I'm, I feel is that if we as a church were full of people that lived purposefully, this church as a whole and potentially, if all of us did this across the country, the church as a whole nationally would be massively different than what it is today. And I don't believe that we fully grasp hold of the reality of living a purposed life. What does it mean? Well, maybe we'll just look a little bit into that today. But have a look at this. If we were to live a purposed life, I think we would need... To, fully, to be able to do it, we need to fully understand who we are in Christ, number one, and we need to walk in the power and the reality of that and the revelation of that so that we can transform the people that we interact with. So if we are purposed in our lives as Christians, those two things, I believe, need to be, the first one needs to be accepted, the second one needs to be enacted. And I realize that this is a dangerous move, but I'm following on from Simon 
Simon Moiterer. The last time I tried to do this, I was talking about hermeneutics, which is a, a big long word meaning context, in essence. And he preached this message, um, uh, gave a lecture on the, on the first part, explaining what hermeneutics was. And he used this Scottish accent, and it was all about the, um, you know, brave heart. And he, he well, he, he just gave all of this phrase, these, this, I don't know, if he must have memorized the whole play, the whole movie. But he gave this incredible rendition. And everyone was sitting there thinking, seriously, what the heck is he going on about? He's got this funny Scottish accent. And then he explained the context. And then he started again. And all the students were right at the front of their seats. And then they were so engaged. It was amazing. And then I had to follow him. My goodness. And no disrespect, but when I start to try and speak in a Scottish accent, it seems like I'm making fun of an Indian. Because it comes, or Irish. It just sort of seems to go backwards and forwards. I can't do it. And I had to follow Simon. I'm doing it again this week. And in a few weeks' time, I'm doing the same as well, I've, I've noticed. But when you read something like that, does it resonate inside for you? Are you? Do you know who you are in Christ? And are you walking in the fullness of that? Because I don't believe we do. Now, I know that I'm going to make a big jump here and say I'm going to apply you and me together, but I don't think we're very much different. I don't believe that we fully walk in the knowledge and understanding of who Christ is in our lives. Because if we did, this church would be dangerous. Christians would be dangerous. We would be transforming this nation. But we're not. We're not as much as we could be. The CIA coming up, fantastic. That is being purposeful. The um, teen link and the community link, the, what was the budget thing again? The financial something or other? That's being purposeful and effective. But as individuals, you should be, we should be, as individuals having an impact on the people that we associate with, our colleagues at work, our, um, our peers, our schoolmates, whoever, wherever we fit ourselves, we should be having an impact. So what stops us from doing that? I think there's really, it's a, it's a, a simple lack of understanding of who we are in Christ. I really honestly believe that. One of my uh, long-time soapbox events is this to accept who we are in Christ and walk in the truth of that. If you think about some scriptures that we, we um, glibly, or not glibly, but we accept as truth, 1 John 1 says if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We would accept that and walk in the truth of that. Agreed? You know, when you sin... Confess it to Jesus, he forgives you. Nice and simple. Look at Romans 10. If we confess with our mouths um, and then believe in our hearts, or collect, uh, confess with our mouths that Jesus is, is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we shall be saved. We've done that. We accept that. 
How do we accept it? We accept it by faith when we walk in the truth of that and the reality of that. So, yeah, when you sin, confess it. You're cleansed. You'll be, you'll be forgiven. If you're unsaved, confess with your mouth. You'll be saved. It's, it's simple. Ephesians 2.10 says we are his masterpiece. His workmanship is another, another translation. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works. You and I, we, collectively and individually, are his masterpieces. We are special in his eyes. The word masterpiece and the reason for the work, workmanship that I've underlined there, that word can easily be translated, or it comes from the Greek of poioma, or po, po, poema, I should say, which means where we get our word poem from. So you are a poem. You are, you are something that has been penned carefully by God and you are special in his eyes. Sadly, a lot of us think of a poem as some five-lined limerick, just a joke. But you're not. You are his workmanship. You are a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus by him. He's known you since before you were born. These are promises of the scriptures that we accept it in, in many ways in our heads, but don't really allow them to embed themselves within our hearts. I don't believe that many Christians or most Christians actually accept the value of who they are in God's eyes. And as I said, if we did do that, I think the church would be positively dangerous. We would be a, a, an amazingly different organization, a different gathering of people, if we believed and accepted the truth of God's word and applied that to our lives. How can I say this? Well, just look at yourselves and ask the question. Ask a couple of questions. Are you all that God wants you to be? Or maybe, are you walking in the fullness of what God has for you? If you can answer yes to those two, you are in a, a very small group of people. Simon said last week that we need to stop looking at ourselves through a lens of insecurity and fear. And in, instead, embrace the truth of what God says about us. Now, that is so easy, isn't it? Not. But I think if we were to embrace that, if we were to started, started to move down that line and walk, work and walk in the truth of that, we would see some transformation. And that's really where I want to go to this morning. So there's, there's a, I'm, I'm just going to rush through a, a, a few parts here. But one of the, one of the things that I, I know is a, when I first got saved, or when I was... Um, first got saved, I, I really wanted to make a, I wanted to allow God to have a big impact on my life. And I, I was open to him all the time. And in a very short period of time, my life radically changed. And it, it stayed that way for many, many years. And, I, and to be honest, it's not as, I'm not as sparking now as I used to be then. I'm getting back there. And I still have that desire Life happens, busyness happens, 
time gets in the way and, and I can't do what I need to do, what I should do. But there's, to give you an example, there was one time we, uh, my wife and I used to own a, uh, manage a conference center and it was about 16 hectares of land. Uh, 16 acres of land, I should say. It's hectares. 16 acres of land. It had a, had a river that went through. It's called Rocky Valley, and it was literally a rocky valley. And it was, um, it used to take me eight hours to mow the lawns. And I used to have to, the, the, the camp, the, the conference center, had one of these little ride-on mowers that had a, uh, a little jockey seat that sort of, got tugged along behind and you, you gripped the handles at the front and then and you st steered it by, by pushing the, the jockey seat and it, off it went. Eight hours. And so I would mow the lawns and it was only a 24, 32 inch cut or something like that. And so as you were mowing the lawn, you had to really keep a close eye on cutting as far as possible without leaving a little mohawk. Otherwise, you had to go back and do that line again. And as I was going up and down, up and down, and long way up, up the valley, turn around, come back down, long way up, I got to the bottom at this one time, and I, I turned around, and I looked up, up the valley, and the, they had the Kaimai Ranges in, at the top of the valley in the, in the distance, and, and suddenly all the clouds started to move like this they all started to boil. And I leapt off. This is it. Jesus was returning. I, I could see it. It was happening before my very eyes. I was really excited. You see all of this boiling, boiling cloud up there. And I had these industrial earmuffs on. That's why I didn't hear the trumpet call. But it was, it was such a, it was an amazing sight. And then gradually it started to slow down and and stop. And I thought, I've been left behind. <laughs> and so where, where, we, where, I was, uh, where I was mowing, the house where we stayed in was literally just off to one side. So I, and Donna and my three kids were, were on the site at the time. We homeschooled our, homeschooled our kids. And so I raced over to the house, and they were not there. <laughs> I seriously thought... I'd been left behind. I couldn't believe it. I was ready. I, my heart was ready. I knew the scriptures. I was putting into action the different things. I was living a life. I was being Christian. But I'd left, been left behind. And I was, it was a literally oh, three, four, five minutes of, of horror. And then I heard, especially because one of my kids was a teenager as well, and how could he get to get through? And I wasn't, I know Donna would have got, because she's angelic, but yeah, that's all right. But I, oh, I was honestly distraught. And then I heard, the, heard my kids playing in a different part of the, of the site. So I, phew. Parker wins. There you go. Very good. <laughs> so there you go. Other than the McGillicuddy serious party, at least something's gone right. So, anyway, so question: Are you ready? If the Lord returned right now, are you ready? Are you walking in an understanding of who He is in your life? Because that's the challenge. That's where we are today. If you want to live a purposed life, I believe you really need to know 
who you are in Christ and walk in the reality and the truth of that. Now, stuff happens. I know problems happen. I know there are things that get in the way that stop us every now and again from moving in or to walking in the power and the authority of Jesus. And so that's where we're going to look at a few things today. So let's just have a, a, just a quick word of prayer. So Lord, I just want to thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. I, I do pray for uh, open hearts, uh, open minds to receive from you. Lord, speak to us. Holy Spirit, come and be active in our midst. In Jesus' name, amen. So in the book of Joshua, I've been going through, um, through uh, the scriptures quite slowly for quite a, quite a while now. And I, what I do is I, I, I read a portion of Scripture and I read it over and over again. And I try and place myself as different characters within the, the block of Scripture I'm reading. And, and eventually, well, what seems to happen that is that some truths seem to come out of it in, a, in a, a more deeper way, a deeper understanding. And as I was going through the book of, of Joshua, um, there's, they walked into the promised land. Joshua starts, basically, they... Moses has died. They've got the, uh, the river, the Red Sea, River Jordan. can't remember which one it is. Anyway, they've got the, the, the river in front of them, and they've got to cross over that. On the other side of the river, you've got Jericho. And so the very first thing that happened when they moved into the promised land, as they started to move into the promised land, is they had a battle to fight. And that battle to fight, God had told um, Joshua, I want you to walk around the city six times, once, once a day for six days, that's it. And then on the seventh day, walk around six times. And then when I tell you, at the end of the sixth time, yell. And so they did that, and the walls fell down. And they took the city, but there was a problem. See, Joshua had told everybody that they were not allowed to take any of the spoils. They weren't allowed to, use, to take any of the, the um the goods that were there, it was all under what Joshua called under a ban. So it was banned. You're not allowed to touch it. Sadly, one of the guys, a guy, guy called Achan, he, he took some of the spoil and he put it in, dug a hole in, under his tent, put it under, under his tent and hid it. Next thing that happened is that they had to then go ahead and face another, another city, and it's called AI or AI or artificial intelligence, whatever you want to call it. But it was AI something, the name. So, so, that's, so they went to this, and the, there's a little bit of interest in here. If you read through the scripture, you'll be able to find this, is that they, rather than send everybody, they only sent a few hundred people. So a little bit of pride had already got into that, just the nature of who we are. That's the reality. But they went to Ai, they, they battled against them, and they were defeated. They ran away, and they were defeated. And so the people were distraught. So the Israelites were, were distraught. How can this happen? We've moved into the promised land, and this has now happened. Now, the end result is that God said to them, well, actually, somebody's done something wrong. And he, he told Joshua to separate the people by tribe, and then by um, household, or by family, and by household, and, and so on. And it came down, so they separated the people, and it came down to this one family, this family of Achan. And so this is what the Scripture says, the end of Joshua chapter 7. It says that they raised over him a great heap of stones because, unfortunately, because he'd stolen those, the, um, 
uh, the goods that were under the ban, he and his whole household were stoned to death. And it says there, they raised over him a great heap of stones that stands to this day, and the Lord turned from the fierceness of his anger. Therefore, the name of that place has been called the Valley of Achor to this day. Now, the Valley of Achor, it's really interesting. There's only, and this is one of the, the things that I really like about this. It's because in, my, in the Bible here, it's got, this is a study Bible, and it's got some references in the middle, and it's got little uh, links to different scriptures. In it. And I noticed that there are only three times, two other times, where the Valley of Achor is mentioned in scripture. So that's what we're going to look at today. See, the Valley of Achor could also be called, the Achor is another word for that, is trouble. It can be translated as the Valley of Trouble. They'd gone into the promised land. They'd seen a miraculous move of God. They'd been a little bit uh, blasé about some one person had it initially, obviously. And the end result was a valley of trouble. And I know, I know that, again, I'm, I'll call us when I speak about myself here, but I'm pretty sure that we, there are troubles in our lives. We've walked into some of our own troubles. We've caused some problems. We have sinned. There's been a problem. Ah, we can't move on in God. Because this trouble, this valley of trouble is causing us a problem. Now, it, this is what the scriptures are saying, is that here is Achan, here is the same. They've gone into the promised land. You and I, we've moved into the things of God. Something goes wrong, and we stop. Because we're not good enough as Christians. We're, we can't move on in God as much as we'd like to because of this issue that we've either struggled with or has, we've fallen into. But I know that we all do wrong things. I know that there are times that we do things well and that there are times when we don't. I know that. And I'm sure that you would agree. We, we have an enemy that's out there that's going to try and rob, steal, and destroy. So the enemy doesn't want you to walk in the fullness of who you are in Christ. But if you knew who you are, if you know who you are, if you know that you're a child of God, and if you know that uh, he never leave you or forsake you, if you know that, that you have the authority to take, take captive every thought to the obedience of Christ, is what it says in 2 Corinthians. But if you know that, you'll start to face these problems, face these troubles. This valley of trouble won't become a valley which stops you from moving on in God. They, it won't be. But sadly, I think we don't fully understand the power and authority that we have in Christ. So the valley of trouble becomes a stopping place, not a, a positive thing that we can work from. So we'll, we'll look at a little bit of, about that in a second. So I don't know what... Are you relating to this? Have you got a valley of trouble? Do you understand what I'm saying? So I don't know what your valley of trouble is. I don't know what what issue is there and it could be anything it could be arrogance it could be pride it, it could be there's a lot of different things that could be there but I don't know what yours is but if you're anything like me we do wrong things constantly 
because of my relationship with God, I know I can go to him and ask him for, for his forgiveness. And I know that he cleanses me from all unrighteousness. I then turn around and walk in the truth of that, but sadly I do wrong things again. That's the human nature. So I don't know if you can, what that place of that valley of trouble is for you. I don't know if you've, it, what it is that may have stopped you moving into the fullness, the full promises of God in your life. But it doesn't have to end with death, as in the case of Achan. Achan only glimpsed some of the wonders of God. He saw the walls fall miraculously, but missed out moving into the fullness because of his greed. So let's have a look at the other two scriptures that mention this valley of Achor, this valley of trouble. Isaiah 65 is where, it's, um, where we find it. If we just quickly look at a bit of context. So you've got this, the prophetic message of Isaiah here is mainly about Isaiah pleading with God for his mercy. And in many ways, it reminds, it reminds me of Sodom and Gomorrah. If there's only one righteous person alive, if there's only one, would you forgive? So have a look at this. Look at Isaiah 63. Here's Isaiah crying out to God, crying out to God for, for, in, for mercy. And he says, look down from heaven and see from your holy and glorious habitation, for you are our father. You know, this is, go back, just, just to step out of this slightly. The, um, this is Old Testament. It was radical New Testament to say that God is our father. And yet here is Isaiah in the Old Testament saying, God, you're our father. This is pretty radical stuff. So look down from heaven, see from your holy place. In other words, God, you're involved in our lives. You're not just some distant deity. You're actually someone who is involved in our lives. And not only just someone, you're our dad. You're our father. So look down. You know, Abraham didn't know you. Israel doesn't recognize us. But you, our Lord, you're our dad. You're our father. Our redeemer of old is your name. I, I think that's awesome. Again, just realize this is Old Testament discussion here. This is the Old Testament. This is not New Testament revelation, Abba, Father. This is the law. And yet Isaiah is prophesying here and speaking out to God, you're our father. You are our God. You're, you're involved in our lives. And you are known as being the redeemer. Your holy people possessed your sanctuary for a little while. In other words, they, your people walked in the truth of who you are. But then, but then, our adversaries have trodden it down. Life happened. Stuff happened. The enemy happened. They trod it down. And we've become like those over whom you've never ruled. Like those who've not called, are not called by your name. So the reality is that they knew who Jesus was or knew who God was. They knew the reality of that and then life happened, it started to fall away. And think about ourselves. We can often do that ourselves. We can know who the Lord is. We can accept Christ. We can move in the power and the authority of that. Stuff happens and, oh my goodness, we backslide or we just stop functioning fully 
in the wonders and power and authority of God. Does that resonate with you? It's very sobering because Isaiah knows that God has been rejected by his own people. They've known him, got what they wanted out of him, moved on. And Isaiah 65 is God responding. And just look at this. I allowed myself to be sought by people who didn't ask and to be found by people who didn't seek me, by a rebellious people, by people who provoked, by people who transgressed his laws, by people who were arrogant. My goodness, that, that is us pre-Christian. But God in his mercy reached out to us and we accepted him and yet we weren't actually walking in the, I don't know about you, but it was a revelation to me to understand who God was. It's a sad portion of scripture that can so easily be applied to ourselves today, I think. And yet when we get to verse 8, there's a shift. And we can see that the true nature of God's heart towards you and I. Have I got this one on here? Look at this. Isaiah 65, 8 says, thus says the Lord, as the new wine is found in the cluster, and one says, uh, do not destroy it, so there's benefit in it, so I will act on behalf of my servants in order not to destroy all of them. I will bring forth offspring from Jacob and an heir of my mountains from Judah. Even my chosen one shall inherit it, and my servants may dwell there. And Sharon will be a pasture land for flocks and the valley of Achor a resting place for herds for my people who seek me and as I said a few minutes ago I've no idea what some of the things are that you're that could be holding you back from moving into the wonders of God the wonder that God has for you as well you remember we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he's planned prior to us being in a relationship with him I don't know what, I do know that the enemy will try to make a mountain out of a molehill and he'll, he'll try and stop you from moving into that. But this, this portion of scripture, he's going to turn the, the valley of Achor, the valley of trouble into a resting place. Now, how do we do that? How does he do that? I really believe there's only one thing he can do. There's only one way that he can do that. There's only one way that we can have a, a trouble become a place where we can rest in us. And that is simply when we understand the reality and who we are in Christ. If you don't understand that, you'll stay in the valley of trouble. You'll stay there. It will, it won't, you'll die there. You'll be an Achan. You will die in the valley of trouble. But when you move into a, and grasp hold of the reality of who you are in Christ, then you can accept yeah, I, I stuffed up on that. Yeah, I, I did wrong. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'll accept that. Enemy, push off. Yeah, I take authority against you because greater is he that's within me than he that's in the world. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. I'm going to accept those scriptures, not what you're trying to say to me. 
I'm going to take captive every lofty thought to the obedience of Christ. That's me. That's the reality. And as you walk in that truth and power and authority, the valley of trouble will become a place of, yeah, I stuffed up big time there. But, you know, God loves me. He's got a plan for my life. I'm working through it. There's some scars. Yeah, we've got some issues. But we're walking through. We're, we're walking in that authority. We're living a life that is one of victory, one of excitement, one of transformation. That's the reality of my life in Christ. And so the trouble becomes a place to rest. But I don't believe you should rest and stay. And that's the great thing. This is why I love Scripture. Because if you keep going, the, the other place that the Scripture, this valley of trouble is mentioned, is in Hosea. A little bit of context, uh, just, just really quick. Hosea was the last prophet of God that, um, sorry, the last prophet that God raised up in Israel to try to get the people to repent. The um, sad thing about Hosea is God, at God's direction, he, was, he married a woman who was unfaithful to him as a, a symbolic um, aspect of how the unfaithfulness of the woman was to Hosea, the man of God. Israel was to God himself. So that they, they rejected him, they were unfaithful to him, and so God raised up Hosea to speak to the people. And as we read through the book, you'll see the unfaithfulness of Israel and the response of God. And if you have a look at it, Isaiah 2, 14 and 15, it reads, Therefore I will allure her. That's the Miranda version. I will allure her. My goodness me. Come on. That was another. Anyway. Um, I will allure her, bringing, bring her into the wilderness and speak kindly to her. Then I will give her her vineyards from there and the valley of Achor. Remember, that's the place that signifies trouble from the past. The valley of Achor, the valley of trouble, will become a door of hope. What do you do with doors? You open and you go through. So this is a resting place, but as more, the more you understand who Christ is, and you, the more victory you gain over the valley of trouble that you can rest in that, it can move on. You can move on and move through this door of hope into the future and start having an impact and using this to influence other people. And it only comes when you know who you are in Christ. Because when you know that, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Every tongue, every enemy, every word from the, from the devil, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up in judgment against us we shall condemn. That's our promise. That's a promise to you and I. Isaiah 54, I think it is. The scripture goes on to say here, which is really nice, if you go, go and have a look at Hosea too. The scripture goes on to say that they will be singing in their youth. Look at that. She will sing there as in the days of her youth. You will sing when you, if, I don't know, you know, if you've got a valley of trouble, if you've got an issue that you've, you've bumped into that's caught, been caused here, that's happened, and you start to, it, it, you're stuck there, or you've moved on slightly, or you've moved on even more, you can return to the joy that you had of your salvation at day one. 
Can you remember what that was like? Can you remember the joys of your salvation? Well, that's the singing and singing as in the days of your youth. That's the promise of God's word. But again, it comes back to knowing who you are in Christ. So I just want to go through some scriptures here. Look at this. This is you. This is you and I. This is us. Now, I've, I've just picked, there's about 30 of these scriptures. But these are just reality scriptures for who you are today, right now. You've accepted Jesus as Lord. You are a child of God. That's what the scripture says. If you've accepted Jesus as Lord, you're a friend of Jesus Christ. That is the reality. That is the truth. If you've accepted him, you've been justified and accepted by God. There's no doubt about that. That is the reality of who you are. So I don't care who, what your valley of trouble was. You accept these, you can start moving away from that, moving away from that thing that stopped you from moving into the fullness of God for your life and start to exercise the reality of who you are in Christ and fulfilling the things of God. David, King David, he was a, a man after God's own heart, is what the scripture says. And yet we know, if you read the scriptures, that he, he murdered, he committed adultery. There was a whole heap of different things that he did bad in the, in the Old Testament there. Yet when you look at the New Testament in the book of Acts, there's a, a lo lovely little scripture. And it says, David served the purposes of God in his generation and died. He knew who he was in God. So the valley of trouble for him didn't become a, a problem, didn't, didn't keep him there, and it shouldn't keep you there either. Knowing who you are in Christ is important. I got into trouble a, a few years ago by saying standing in front of you right now is the perfect man. Well, it's true. In Christ. I am the perfect man in Christ. You are the perfect man and woman in Christ. You are the perfect in Christ. That's awesome. That is really exciting. I got a badge given to me by one of the congregation. But look at this. I am united with the Lord. I am one with him in spirit. I've been bought with a price and I belong to God. I'm a member of Christ's body. Yeah, we, we, could, we could spend hours just looking at these scriptures. These are phenomenal scriptures that tell you who you are now. Not who you're going to be in the future sometime, but you are a member of Christ's body now. You are united with the Lord. And we could keep going. You've been redeemed and forgiven of all your sins. Hallelujah. That's what the scripture says. Do you believe it? Yeah. You are complete in Christ. This is your perfect in Christ. That's who you are. In Christ, you're perfect. So why don't we walk in the power and the authority of that? Why don't we walk in the truth of that? Because, again, if we did, we'd be dangerous. This church would be dangerous. You're free from condemnation. Yeah, you did. You stuffed up. But as I say, Isaiah, I think it's 54, 17, 
I, if every tongue that rises up in judgment against you, you shall condemn. John 10.10, 10, the enemy comes to rob, steal, and destroy, but you have come to give us that fullness of life, the life more abundantly. That's the reality. Look at this. You can be assured that God works for your good in all circumstances. Not just in some, but in all circumstances. So this valley of trouble, you're going to stay there? You can move on, absolutely. When you know who you are, when you accept who you are in Christ, you can sit in that. You can understand, okay, yep, you can move on from that through this door of hope. And those troubles, actually probably some of the, the most um, influential people in the lives of others over here are those that have had an issue, dealt with it in God, moved on, strengthened, moved on, strengthened, and have now been able to use that as part of their ministry because they understand. So the valley of trouble, place of rest, the door of hope. You're hidden with Christ in God. You're a citizen of heaven. I don't have a... Uh, a spirit of fear, but power and love and a sound mind. I'm born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. This is truth. This is the reality of the word of God for you and I. So what is going to stop you from accepting that? You've accepted so easily if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just. If we confess with our mouths Jesus is Lord, you've accepted that really simply. You, you just say, yep, I believe it. I'm safe. Yep, I believe it. I'm cleansed. So why can't you say, yep, I believe it. I'm seated with Jesus Christ in heavenly places. Isn't that simple? There's a lovely scripture in Ephesians 2. It's Paul's prayer. And if you go, you can do it great little, I think there's 22 different prayers of Paul in, in the New Testament. And Paul's prayer in Ephesians 2 says, I pray the eyes of your hearts would be enlightened, that you'd have a fresh understanding, and then he breaks it down into three different areas. Number one, um, breaks it down into the, the hope of your salvation. So a, a fresh understanding of the hope of your salvation. But number two, a fresh understanding of the, the riches of your inheritance in him. And the third part is the fresh understanding of the awesome power that is available to you and I because we're in Jesus. So I pray that for you. Pray your eyes will be opened. Pray the eyes of your heart will be enlightened. Pray the eyes of the, your heart will accept some of the words that have been said that, that God will do something in your, in your spirit. These are true words for you. This is reality for you. Absolute reality. That's the truth. So can we just close our eyes? Because there's, uh, there's two groups of people here. I just want to talk to both. There's the group of people that don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And, and if that's you, you need, you need to accept Jesus. And, and today I'm going to give you the opportunity to, to do that. It's, it's simple. You just have to say, yep, 
I just accept you, Lord. Yeah, I've done, I've done things wrong, but I've, I'll accept you as my Lord and my Savior. That's it. There is a, a flow-on effect because you then need to start outworking that. But you don't have to be perfect from day one. The other group of people are those that have got to this valley of trouble. Maybe you've walked into that relationship with Jesus and you've got to a point in time and then suddenly, for whatever reason, an issue has happened. Something has happened and, and you've stopped. And you, and you don't see yourself. You, you're looking at yourself with the wrong um, lens, that fear and insecurity, as Simon said last week. We need to move away from that. So if you're in that group, I, I'd like to pray for you. And I know that there's a, there'll be a, a ministry team at the end here that will pray for you as well. But if you fall into that first category that you don't know Jesus as Lord at the moment, can I, can I just ask you to, just while everybody's got their heads and uh, bowed and their eyes closed, can I, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord, can I just get you to raise your hand? Just so that we can pray, pray with you. Because this is an opportunity for you to, to walk in the fullness of God. To be all that God has called you to be. And then there's the other group as well. So maybe, maybe you need to, to just respond in some way as well. And you can come forward at the end of the service. But you know, if we walked in the promises of God, and I've said this a few times already, this, the church would be radically different. If we walked in the fullness of God, the church would would be amazing it would be dangerous it would be massively impacting on this nation and on this world and the church is not the four walls of this building the church is you so if you walk in the fullness of God if you accept all that God has called you to be if you walk in the reality of and truth of God's word you will be dangerous. So Father, I just want to thank you. I just thank you again for another opportunity to, to look into your word and see that the, the, the scriptures are relevant for us today. Not, not just some book that was written thousands of years ago, but is relevant to us today. I thank you for the many, many, many promises that exist in your word. And I ask, Father, that you would encourage and prompt, challenge us to walk from the valley of trouble, to get up from that place of rest and to walk through that door of hope into the future with that confidence and that assurance that you, you are walk, walking with us and that you have fulfill, fulfilling plans for us ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So God bless you.
Amen. Wonderful message, Alan. Thank you very much for that. Very challenging and lots of action that we could put into place. I'm sure we could all think about some valley of trouble uh, that we could turn into a place of rest and a place of hope, uh, doors of hope. So thank you very much, Alan. Uh, just a few uh, comments to make you aware of before you leave. Um, so if you're new to the church, you're a visitor, um, yeah, once again, I just want to express a warm welcome to you. And we've got a table at the back. Nairi and Owen are standing by the table now. So if you'd like to head to the table after the gathering, and we would love to connect with you. And also, if you're um, uh, wanting to attend the, uh, the DNA lunch, for those of you who are new as well, then um, book at the table also. That would be great. We have giving stations on the left-hand side of both doors as you exit the auditorium. Uh, so please be purposed in your giving. And, and um, I just want to thank you for your generosity. My role here is I um, work with finance for the church, and um, I see the generosity um, of our members of the church, and I see what we can do through this city, our country, and beyond, and it's because of the faithfulness of you giving to the purposes of God. So thank you very much. And Lord, I just pray your blessing upon our offering as we receive that today. Lord, help us as a church to make the biggest impact possible with the dollars and the resource that's provided in Jesus' name. Um, and if you would like to receive prayer for anything that you've heard today or anything else in your life, then please come forward. We would love to stand with you and pray and declare God, um, God's truth upon your situation. Um, and also, kids, um, if you've got kids in our kids' programs, if you could please collect them after the, the gathering. Uh, so under fives out this way, over fives over this way. Um, but thank you so much for coming to church. Remember, we've got um, the movie on tonight at 6 p.m., Noble. Uh, so come along. Um, be wonderful to see you guys here. Have a wonderful week. Bless you.